My name is Yechi Nusasitu and this is The Clinic. Good morning and welcome to your home of good music, good talk, 99.9 KISS FM. This is The Clinic and my name is Yechi Nusasi to call me your health prefect. Now, The Clinic is your one-stop half hour for everything health, your physical, emotional and mental well-being. Look at your hands. Go on, look. Now, except you're making chin-chin or mixing something else for food or fixing your car or gardening, your hands probably show nothing, right? Not the case. Our hands carry germs which multiply by the second. On the 5th of May, Nigeria joined the rest of the world to commemorate World Hand Hygiene Day, which is a time we call for hand hygiene in healthcare delivery. Here's the message by Director General of the World Health Organization, Dr. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus. Nobody should be harmed or die when receiving care. Yet every year, millions of people contract infections in healthcare facilities. The great tragedy is that most of this could be prevented. We have known for more than a century that clean hands keep patients and health workers safe. And yet, even today, Half of the world's hospitals and clinics lack hand hygiene facilities at points of care or at toilets. This means that an estimated 3.85 billion people, including mothers delivering babies, rely on healthcare facilities which do not have basic hygiene services. Hand hygiene is one of the best investments that can be made in health reducing the risk of dying as a result of antimicrobial resistance pathogens by half and delivering savings of up to 16 US dollars in reduced healthcare expenditure for every dollar invested. Today on World Hand Hygiene Day, we call on civil society, governments and healthcare institutions and workers to join the WHO Save Lives Clean Your Hands campaign to accelerate action and spar national and local investments in hand hygiene in health facilities. Clean hands in health facilities are not a luxury. They are a minimum requirement for safe, quality health care because clean hands save lives. According to the Nigeria Center for Disease Control, up to 20% of women get a wound infection after a cesarean section in Africa. Mrs. K was part of that 20% at some point in her life. Here's her story. I want to share my experience in the hospital, how I got infected and how it was treated. I went to the hospital to deliver my baby. Uh, I went through prolonged labor. I was induced severely and then I ended up having a cesarean session. I got infection. I don't know what really happened. I cannot really say. But I feel one of the reasons is consistent uh, inducement and inserting of hands by the doctors to check the baby and all that. And then secondly, I feel one of the reasons is that the hospital equipment were not properly sterilized. And then another reason is 
uh, I would say I'll uh, pin it on carelessness from the hospital official. Uh, why will I say carelessness? After the cesarean, I lost the child and then I was still in the hospital. The area of the operation developed infection. I complained to the nurses that I could feel uh, like there's fluid around the area. But they, they keep saying that they cannot open the wound until after seven days. And uh, I stayed like that. After seven days, a team of doctors entered the room and said, what's smelling here? And I said, oh, it's the wound. And then they checked it, they saw that it had pus. So I stayed there. What the doctors did to help treat the infection is that they asked the nurses to be cleaning the wound for seven days. And then after which I went through, through another session of a secondary suture on that same pad. And then I did not, the, the infection did not go completely. Uh, I stayed uh, another two weeks in the hospital after the first week, that's three weeks in all. And then the infection did not still go completely because I couldn't walk straight. So I had to go to another pr private hospital where the infection was uh, treated properly. I felt bad when all this happened because number one, I lost the baby. And then secondly, there was an infection that made me so unstable. So, but I thank God I was able to get solution and I let her conceive and had so many other children. We're so glad she lived through that ordeal and has other children now. We'll take a quick break and when we return, it will be time to meet the doctor. Please stay with us. Why do children need access to safe water, sanitation and hygiene services? Because it supplements healthy food so that children do not get sick and we can spend more time at school. Access to safe water, sanitation and hygiene services contribute to healthy growth and development of every child. Soap, water, toilet! Soap and water! Children in Nigeria need safe wash services to survive and thrive. Clean Nigeria. Use the toilet. Thank you for staying with us. This is The Clinic and you are tuned in to your home of good music. Good talk, 99.9 Kiss FM. My name is Yechinu Sasi to call me your health Perfect. All right, so World Hand Hygiene Day, and today we want to talk about IPC and disease prevention. And IPC is infection prevention and control, which is an approach we have in healthcare. But I'm going to have Dr. Muzamil Gadanya to explain all of that. Dr. Muzamil is, is an epidemiologist with the Nigeria Center for Disease Control and Prevention, yeah. NCDC. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the clinic. Dr. Muzamil. 
Thank you very much.、Uh, thank you for having me. All right. So let's start with IPC. Okay. What is the IPC approach in healthcare? What is the concept behind that when we talk about IPC in healthcare generally? Okay. So、um, IPC stands for Infection Prevention and Control, not Interpersonal Communication. <laughs> so that is very important because、uh, that is also IPC.、Mm. Yeah, and、um, uh, very importantly, it is、uh, a unique approach that is informed by science,、uh, evidence, and uh, uh, it's it's taking leap from uh, uh, my clinical microbiology, public health, and certainly behavioral science, sociology. And、uh, also、uh, a bit of、uh, human psychology, also to just see、uh, how. Human psychology. Yes. Interesting. To to just see how you because IPC is about、uh, a bulk of IPC is about behavior change. So if you want to change somebody's、right. behavior, then you need to understand how the whole、uh, human is, how they think, how they do things, and what are their、uh, idiosyncrasies like that. So it's、uh, it's 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 a conglomeration of all this, and then、um, uh, it's it's actually uh, meant to uh, be uh, uh, applied in healthcare spaces and、uh, in some instances community、uh, spaces also, so that、uh, you are able to prevent healthcare-associated infections largely and、uh, antimicrobial resistance. And、uh, for us in Nigeria, the approach we use is the Turn Nigeria Orange. Uh, the Turn Nigeria Orange is the is the name of the National Infection Prevention and Control、uh, Program, which is the MISALA, the NCDC, and、uh, it, it is a unique approach that we coined、uh, within Nigeria with stakeholders、uh, to ensure that、uh, we support healthcare facilities, you know, uh, uh, in, in in becoming centers of excellence in infection prevention and control. Uh, using the WHO co-components as、uh, building blocks to do that, so、uh, it's it's important you identify your stakeholders, map them, and、uh, at the center of all this is the Nigerian, who is the patient,、mm. and that patient could be you and I, because、uh, the fact that we're in this studio、uh, doesn't mean we may、uh, not have、uh, a need for healthcare service maybe tomorrow, even right after living here. So、uh, we we could actually. Uh, end up、uh, being at the receiving end on, on some of these uh, poor, uh, low quality, and unsafe healthcare. So it's it's really about that.、Uh, the infections that patients do not come with to the hospital, they shouldn't have to carry them going back. So just for example, now、uh, let's say、um, uh, a family, a woman goes for cesarean section. Uh, which is maybe elective or even、uh, emergency. Ideally,、uh, after the CS, the excellent work by all done by all the team of、uh, healthcare practitioners, they would want to, you know, at the minimum,、uh, be around at home for the naming ceremony, isn't it?、Uh, that is the expectation.、Right. But then,、uh, just imagine a scenario whereby、uh, everybody did their work excellently, but then along the continuum of care,、uh, some. Some healthcare worker somewhere who was supposed to sanitize their hand, ensure their hands are clean before they actually render care, especially wound care to that uh, uh, woman. 
uh, then they end up introducing something that they are not uh, and uh, they won't that, that, get infected yes and they won't get infected it breaks down you try all the antibiotics the pharmacy did their best even to source others that they don't have in the facility mm. to give the woman but then uh, everything ends in vain because uh, those uh, uh, microorganisms or germs that were identified on the wound are actually multi-drug resistant. In the end, uh, that woman could end up having sepsis, that is blood infection that will disseminate. And then you may even uh, actually uh, lose the patient. She may die. And uh, this is not a theoretical example. We all know somebody who went to a healthcare facility who had you know a similar experience if it's not you it's somebody you know or somebody you know that knows somebody that you know in that uh, order so it's it's a real experience that you can bring home in the end that woman uh, if you compare the cost uh, of doing simple practice like hand hygiene at the point of care by the healthcare worker. That simple act would have prevented the introduction of those germs into her wound and then would have not resulted in that uh, uh, multi-drug resistant uh, infection and then she would not have had sepsis to even uh, uh, require being in the ICU and die eventually. So a very simple thing but yet very cost effective and life saving. So the World Health Organization says now, let me just quote as mm-hmm. well health organization puts it says now is a critical time when countries across the world need to accelerate implementation of lessons from the covid 19 pandemic mm-hmm. and increase investments mm-hmm. to close gaps in infection prevention and control mm-hmm. ipc mm-hmm. including hand hygiene so what are the kind of investments that we should be looking at in nigeria to ensure that ipc is um, really adhered to in our healthcare facilities across the country. Yeah, so uh, thank you for the question. If you refer back to what you said, you see that uh, the WHO made that strong statement in reference to investments that were done at the height of COVID-19 because COVID is still not gone. Uh, often people say when when we had COVID, we still have COVID. So, but that's another story uh, differently. So oh, what I am saying is uh, against that backdrop. Many countries, many public health institutes, multilaterals, uh, public health organizations, NGOs, and states and facilities, individuals. In Nigeria here, we have the car COVID. So, so individuals and philanthropists, business leaders came together and made huge investments in you know, fighting COVID-19. And some of that investment is certainly uh, 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 in the healthcare space. Uh, part of that in, in includes that, uh, you know, you, you have uh, the right infrastructure. At the height of it, uh, I remember people, when patients come to healthcare facilities, you don't have to tell them, do an hygiene. Everybody tries to line up and ensure they do it. Because everybody was scared. Yes, yes. And even the healthcare workers. So uh, that, that was done. And then uh, we rallied around. The, one of the very strong key lessons we, we, we took away, you know, at the height of the COVID, is that, you know, uh, we were able to put that cooperation, that, uh, you know, working culture of coming together, all stakeholders, everybody fighting COVID. The enemy right. was COVID, right, you know. Right. So, so everybody brought their best. And then, of course, there was that uh, investment. And some of it, like I said, is in the healthcare space. So it's in form of infrastructure. It's in form of uh, training for healthcare healthcare workers. And uh, some of it is also in the form of these uh, IEC materials, which are uh, behavioral change 
materials, things that will encourage the healthcare worker to remind him to change behavior and ensure that uh, they uh, adhere to hygiene. And then importantly also, uh, there were a lot of, you know, uh, measurements being done and, you know, uh, data being shared between organizations and what have you, so that we can all, uh, uh, you know, learn from that and then ensure we fight the common enemy, which is COVID. So the WHO is saying that uh, those efforts, we shouldn't actually rest our oars. We should sustain those investments. And it, it's actually uh, something that you can relate to. Even patients here, uh, like I said, at the height of COVID, you don't have to remind them. All you do is you have it pasted and they are there. But now that they feel like maybe it's gone, they come and then they, they don't do it. And some of the healthcare workers even. So you, you wouldn't say maybe it's totally their fault. Some of it is human behavior, you know, uh, especially, uh, you know, uh, the way things are, especially uh, maybe in, in Nigeria or something like that. We fear things that kill us. So uh, the, the, the message is about sustaining those investments. And that is a cross-cutting uh, call or appeal by the WHO that all stakeholders, policymakers, states, uh, here we are talking about political actors, you know, uh, and then also certainly uh, decision makers, uh, facility managers who manage resources at the level of the healthcare facility, and then the healthcare workers themselves, and then also patient groups, you yourselves, media, the CSO, you know, uh, uh, they are very vital to this uh, investment that was done. So all of that, how do we ensure we continue to engage with the media, engage with CSOs, CSOs hold facilities accountable, CSOs hold the organizations accountable, so that those actions that will put uh, safety uh, you know, uh, of the patient who comes to assess care at the center of it, you know, are sustained. So it's about, it's, it's, it's a rallying call for all of us as stakeholders, including you. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much for that. Now, let's talk about this year's theme, which is together we can accelerate action to prevent infections and antimicrobial resistance in healthcare and build a culture of safety and quality in which hand hygiene improvement is given high priority. Now, I'm interested in the relationship between hand hygiene and an antimicrobial resistance. You mentioned it earlier, so mm-hmm. let's talk about it now. What is the relationship when it comes to hand hygiene yeah. and so, antimicrobial resistance? Thank you very much. Very important question you asked there. So if you refer back to the story I gave you mm-hmm. about... Uh, uh, the pregnant woman. Yes. To yesterday when we held the Twitter space, uh, a woman actually confessed that this narrative that we gave happened to a sister of us I've, I've had it happen to you so that's my point so it's actually she didn't lose her yeah yeah so it's actually relatable so if you relate the simple uh act of uh, uh maybe performing hand hygiene as a standard precautionary practice you know that uh, should be adhered to by all uh, healthcare workers uh, it then tells you that this is a preventive act that if you are able to do it, you will have one less infection to treat. Do you understand? Right. So it's like that adage of saying prevention is better than cure. Yeah. So for for every minute investment, you may consider it insignificant in the fact that it's just washing hand. But it's not just that. There are jams, you know, uh, on your hands. And then uh, uh, by so doing, uh, you are able to perform that simple act and then break the chain of transmission. By that simple pre- standard precautionary practice, you are indirectly or you are directly uh, 
preventing a potential infection that shouldn't have happened and in some way you have done something to ensure it didn't happen. Uh, once that infection happens, you, you never know. The, the, the organism could actually be multi-drug resistant organism. We call right. them MDROs. Right. So right. when you have that MDROs, it means within the arsenals uh, or armament of our antibiotics, you know, that we have, there is actually none that can actually tackle that specific pathogen. So you resort to what? Praying. Mm. That you be, that will be that you will be doing all through, I suppose. So when you have that, then that directly is antimicrobial resistance. So you identify the organism, and then you are able to uh, escalate it through the AMR surveillance network that this organism was identified in this place and it had this presentation. So that is, uh, in a way, uh, trying to summarize to you the need for this adherence to standard precautionary practice, especially this hand hygiene. Because this simple yet effective act that, uh, you know, is uh, encouraged uh, by policymakers and, you know, uh, healthcare workers uh, to, to adhere to, if it is done, the body of evidence is there, well documented. That it's work. It works actually. It's effective. It's cheap for you to do, but it's it, the return and investment is actually in uh, uh, in multiple folds. So it's it's simply uh, that that uh, that story that I gave you. Mm. Yeah. So so when you relate the two, I'm I'm sure you you see that it's a direct linkage. So if you do this, this would not happen. And then if it doesn't happen, the multi-drug resistant organism would not even be cultured. And then you won't even have to have to say, okay, I don't have the antibiotic to treat it. Mm. That's one less infection you don't have to uh, deal with or mm. treat, sort of. Yeah. It seems so simple yet so yeah. so important. It's, yeah. Very, yeah. very important. Yeah. And, and and quite difficult, especially because it's not something you, you just want to do now and, and forget about it in the next thirty minutes. Mm. You want to do it for every patient. So you want to inculcate that that behavior change in right. the in the healthcare right. worker. So that they're able to remember those five moments. And then once they do uh, summarily you can say the, the risk of transmission is almost non-existent. What are those five moments that um, you're, you're talking about? Now you're getting academic. <laughs> <laughs> in ju- just um, state so, them in, so in, two, in one, one line. So two are before. Mm. So two are before. Before touching the patient, before clean away septic procedure. So it tells you that uh, if I am required to wash my hand before touching you as a patient, it means the science is trying to look after you, that I don't give you what I have, isn't it? So it's about you, the befores are about you, and the three afters are about the healthcare worker, right? So there are the afters, which is uh, after touching patient, after touching patient surrounding, and then after body fluid uh, risk exposure, you understand? So those are five. So those are the five moments, and then uh, within the healthcare space, if you actually observe all that is done, you know, at the bedside, at the lab, wherever it is, you see that uh, the activities revolve around these five moments. But that, that doesn't mean that there are no other moments. But as far as the healthcare space is concerned, experts around the world, led by the WHO certainly, uh, put together this as a strong recommendation that if you're able to recognize these five moments and then do an hygiene at that point in time, you will actually be uh, doing a lot of good to your patients. 
that is、uh, the science behind the five moments. Interesting. Okay, so my final question now would be that、um, you know we have talked about the importance of hand hygiene in healthcare,、mm-hmm. or, um, and then also preventing healthcare associated infections. So, what is the importance of hand hygiene in my life as an individual, my daily life? So,、um, it's it's actually、uh, like we mentioned. Because the, the the germs are not things you could see with your naked eyes,、mm-hmm. so often、uh, as I speak to you now, they are on my hands, and then uh, uh, by by the biology that they actually、uh, live under, they are multiplying, dividing now as I speak to you. On the hand. Yes, sure. In minutes,、right. you could end up having billions of、uh, you know bacteria. You know, on your the surface of your hand. So that is why,、uh, because of that invisibility and、uh, the fact that、uh, you unconsciously touch surfaces, you know,、uh, touch places, touch your face, and touch other people,、uh, that that entails that、uh, you give them what you have, and then in some instances you carry some of the microbes. And you never know where somebody's hands are. You you will never know. You never know. And some are not even as、uh, you never know the hygiene practices of somebody. It's not all people that you know. After using the toilet, even the commonest one that you can think of, yes, the commonest one that you can think of that should be like you know common sense, like you said. But some some instances, some people don't do that. Those are the, those may be the people you be shaking, and then you just take all of whatever it is they you know. Yeah. Sure, you get the picture. And you shake somebody else and、mm. pass it on. Yeah, pass yeah, it on yeah, yeah. So so that's that's how.、Uh, and this is especially worse in these、uh, vulnerable groups. You know, people like children. You know,、uh, you know,、uh, neonates. You know,、uh, that, that special group. As much as possible,、uh, you you want to ensure that、uh, you don't harm somebody that you know is less than even twenty eight days in the world. How do you how do you unconsciously because of maybe some something you ought to have known as an adult, but you're not able to. You know, know that and do that, and then you end up causing harm on that person or that innocent、uh, child. So, so the point of what I am trying to summarize is: you you will not see them, but they are there. That's one. Two, and that they are dividing, and that they are on multiple places, and you touch all these places. So that is the importance、uh, in your personal life to ensure that you are able to imbibe this culture of. Always doing that, you know. After using the toilet, after changing baby's diaper, after、uh, using, after, before preparing food, and after eating food, and then also there are other indications, you know, within the community. So、uh, it's important that those things also you're able to remember them. Because talk about、uh, maybe the the bulk causes of diarrheal disease in children is actually they're viral, you know, and there are things you could easily prevent by. Simple hand washing, and that is a part of the strong collaboration we continue to do with MPHCDA by Dr. Chris Elemu and his team.、Uh, they are doing a very good job in uh, uh, the Department of Community Health Services、uh, there, and、uh, together with them, we continue to advance this message、uh, in taking it to the PHCs, which is the first step of care. Within the health system, and then we take it also at this level. And then you remember、uh, the PACs also,、uh, the CHS. They have、uh, they have、uh, community structures like World Development Committee and whatever. So all these simple messages, yet effective, we are there taking there all this cholera that we have. You know, tons of outbreak of it. You know, you'll be able to actually uh, break that uh, transmission also. So、uh, effective hand hygiene can reduce the burden of some of these.、Uh, 
common infections that we deal with by as high as 60-70%. It can reduce that. So, so if, if it is this effective as shown in the literature, then it tells you that in your personal life, all these flus that you, you have, common flu and whatever, the frequency, will be, the incidence will reduce. You will have less of it and you will have less need to even be in hospital for some other uh, tonsillitis and whatever. So all of them are things that uh, you can prevent with high energy. Dr. Muzamio, thank you so much for your responses. Thank you very much. an educative conversation. I mean, I would always say that hand hygiene or washing your hands, see washing of hands mm-hmm. as an act of love towards yourself and towards your neighbor, your loved one, you know, someone close to you. Correct. So thank you so much. I've been speaking with Dr. Muzamil Gadanya, who is an epidemiologist with the Nigeria Center for Disease Control and CDC. Thank you for being on the clinic. Yeah, Gichenu, thank you very much. It's It's been nice and interesting chatting with you. Mm. And uh, I look forward to another very uh, vibrant discussion uh, like this where we we can pick a health topic uh, of public importance and then we will actually uh, dissect it and uh, uh, talk to our uh, colleagues, healthcare workers and uh, members of the community about it. So you've been an incredible host and I cannot thank you enough. Thank you. (laughs) So WHO says this year's calls to action are that health and care workers love the five moments that IPC practitioners lead the way for clean hands, that policymakers invest for health and dignity, and those who access care, which is you and I, which is everybody actually, join the movement. With that said, we come to the end of our show for today on The Clinic. For questions, comments, or feedback, send a message to our WhatsApp platform, 090-30,899. Type health, Space it, then your name and message and send to 090-30,899. Or you can send me a message on social media to at D-I-H-A, the at sign, D-E-A-R-Y-E-C-E. Or at 999-KISS-FM, Abuja. Join us same time, same station next week for more recipes to a healthy life. I pray that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. My name is Ye Chin Sasitu. Have a healthy and happy week ahead. <laughs>